What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. I'm starting to realize that that is my go-to intro every single time I click record. And I don't know why, but every time I click record, I want to say, what is going on, everybody? Because I'm fired the fuck up, guys. And as you know, this is a one-take gig. I click record, and I just go. And today, I'm going to go on your questions. That sounds kind of weird, but... I am super pumped about these questions, guys. Once again, some really great questions hit my inbox today. Um, I, I posted this morning, so I'm sure I'll get some after this goes up, um, and it is what it is. But if you are not following me on Instagram, that's the first plug of the day. Shameless plug for myself. Actually, it's not shameless because this is my podcast. But Cody.BoomBoom, at Cody.BoomBoom on Instagram. Go follow me. Um, that's the best place to... Now, get nonstop content from me, but also get your questions answered because that's one of the first places I go um, when asking for your questions, your topics. What do you want to hear about on the show? So if you want to get your questions answered, that's a great place to be. Another great place to be is the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum, which is a private Facebook group where I have my team, the podcast tribe, the people who support, appreciate, love show it to me all the time, and they are in there. It's a badass community of people who are giving me their feedback, who are getting their everything essentially critiqued. That's like it's a go-to place to have access to me. So if you're not in there, there is a link in the show notes. Click it. Ask to join. Like I mentioned on the last podcast, it is not going to be free for much longer. We are hitting our cap of people that I want in there for free, um, and I will be shutting that down soon. So it is a lively group. Jump in there. You can get your questions answered directly but also featured on the show. The next thing I want to bring up real quick is my awesome guest. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the guests lately have been insane, insanely great. I've been having conversations with some of the realest, coolest, most dope people that I know, um, and I'm blessed just to know them, but let alone to sit down and have a real-ass conversation with them, and it's honestly becoming one of my favorite things to do is just this podcast because not only do I get to deliver help and guidance to you guys through these Q&As, but I get to do it through real conversations that help me out a lot too. I mean, shit, the conversation with John Russin was so informative. I took a ton of notes. I took a ton away that I'm going to be implementing in my own training and I'm going to implement into my client's training. And that's exactly how it is every time I have a conversation with that guy and I love it. Um, boss got me super fired up when I talked to him. Jason Phillips, he always gets me fired up when I talk to him. His nutrition coaches that I had on, they're all great. The conversation I'm going to have with somebody tomorrow that I'm not going to mention but will be on the show is going to be great. The conversation I had yesterday with somebody that I'm not going to mention but is going to be great. Man, I have a lot of guests coming up that you guys have been requesting but that's my point here request guests guys the best way for me to get the best people on this podcast the people you want to hear from is for you to tell me who those people are so what you can do is email info at boomboomperformance.com you can shoot us an email and let us know exactly who you want to hear on the podcast you can also follow me at cody.boomboom on instagram and you can just shoot me a dm comment on one of the podcast posts that i do and tag the individual you want to see on the show I will make it happen, guys. That is a promise for me, and I'm super excited to keep this going. Last but not least, real quick, guys, if you have not yet left me a five-star rating and review, it would be greatly appreciated. It helps me rise on iTunes, and it helps me invest more time, more money, more effort into this show for you. So if you haven't done that yet, please do that for me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the Q&A. All 
All right. Our first question comes from Mayfield Motivation on Instagram. Do you have any recommendations on quality continuing education certs or just recommendations on how to improve as a fitness trainer? Books to read, particular areas of fitness to focus slash study. So Mayfield Motivation, um, that sounds weird calling somebody that, but um, I think this is just too difficult of a question, right? I could go on a million different areas with this, and I think the reason I chose this question was simple. You need to specify on what you want to focus and study on. Whatever I tell you to like – so here in my opinion, you should go do the NCI, the Nutrition Coaching Institute cert. You should study the hell out of macronutrients and the paleo diet and gluten intolerances and intolerances in general and performance nutrition because in my mind, nutrition is the game changer, right? Nutrition is my niche. Nutrition is what I do best and I have seen the most insane transformations in all of my clients because I invested way more time into developing my skills upon nutrition versus going all in on only training. Now, if you have zero interest in doing nutrition, then that is horrible advice for you. Now, I believe that most trainers should be interested in or should consider Going down that that nutrition rabbit hole because at the end of the day, like 75% of people who walk into the gym, they'll train, they'll build muscle, they'll, they'll lift heavy weight, they'll do the cardio, they'll do whatever you tell them in the gym. It's when they get home and they have to eat a certain way that they struggle. So if you can learn how to change that, I think that's the most powerful thing. So for me, it was uh, – I did PN1, PN2. I've done the NCIs and I'm continuing to do the NCIs. Um, I work with a mentor who is an expert in nutrition. So I talk to somebody on a weekly basis who is giving me value, right? I study uh, Alan Aragon's research review. I study the Mass research review, which are two places that I would suggest for you in – it just really depends what your craft is, right? So I think that if you are looking for the upper edge on something new in the training realm, man, I would go do uh, kin stretch or something like that because those things are like – and I don't even know why I can't remember the other one for right now off the top of my head. Now I have to look it up. There's kin stretch and there's one other one. And shit, Theo did it. We had an episode on FRC. There we go. FRC and Kin Stretch. I would do those because those are really powerful, man. You're going to run into a lot of people who have issues with injuries, period, movement patterns, period, posture, period. Like you should go invest time in, in fixing those people so they can lift heavier and change their body composition. Because I think a lot of people are so focused on body comp that they forget that if you move like shit, you're not going to be changing your body comp for long. So I would suggest that if you're looking for something to push you and give you an upper edge on training, maybe do RKC because that's a really challenging certificate. Um, it's going to push you as well as give you more, um, I guess, just ways of pushing your clients, different ways of program design, so on and so forth, if you're not really, really into kettlebells yet. Um, so for certs, man, it just it really depends where you're at, right? Like if you're a bodybuilder, like shit, I wouldn't really recommend those things to you, man. Like, so it really depends. Now, for books, dude, like that's <laughs> that list is so fucking long. I mean, off the top of my head, like some of my favorite nutrition books I've mentioned a million times on the podcast, and that's like I love Wired to Eat, I love Deep Nutrition, I love uh how to heal your metabolism because those are like really good guides on holistic approaches to nutrition, right? There's not a ton of really, really good macro nutrient books. Um, they're, they're more like eBooks, right? So like, I think that if you need to dial in macros, I think you should read my book, right? I think trainers would get a lot out of that. I think clients would get a lot out of that. Um, and there's a link in the description 
if you didn't know. It's called The Nutrition Hierarchy, The All-Inclusive Guide to Mastering Your Diet. So that's a really powerful book because it teaches you meal timing. It teaches you calories, macros, micros, supplements. It teaches you everything you need to know and all the questions you're going to get asked. Um, so those are some great ones. The Flexible Dieting Solution, I think it's called by uh, – I can't remember his name, but that that's a really good one. Um, Gordon, something Gordon. I, can't, I don't know why I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, that's a really good one. So there's a ton of books out there. And for training, I mean, The Supple Leopard's great. Practical Programming's great. Just going through 531, that book and program, that's great. There's just too many books to even say. In my opinion, I think that you should find a mentor that can help teach you and help guide you to other certs, other people. Um, you should listen to podcasts. You should watch YouTube videos. You should go to seminars, things like that, dude. Like if you want to get diverse, just do as much as you can. I think that's – there's nothing more powerful than that, especially when you go to certs because you meet so many fucking people. That is one of the most powerful things um, and that's exactly why I don't think Jason Phillips will ever go online with the NCI. Like shit, the first night I met him, we're sitting at dinner and that was the first thing I said. I was like, dude, if you took this online, your reach would be huge. You would get so many people certified under this and create so many nutrition coaches and I mean obviously you make a lot of money and his first response was just, dude, I don't care. It's just not the same. Right, because he knows the impact of being in person with people is way bigger, and I think that was really cool to hear. Um, so I would suggest traveling and doing that shit more than anything. So I can go for days on this, but I would just suggest what everything I said right there, man, and just time block some periods in your day where you're, you're reading and you're researching, and, and sign up for like Mass, which is a great research review. Sign up for Alan Aragon's research review, so you can stay on top of the cutting edge stuff that's coming out. Jen Low Fit Twenty One on Team Boom Boom. She says, is it safe to train when super sore? I cut this uh, question kind of short because it, it was kind of – there was a lot to it. But basically what she was asking is like she recommends her clients like, hey, if you're super sore, you shouldn't – like if it's changing your daily habits and activities, you shouldn't train anymore. Right? Like if it's if it hurts to sit on the toilet, if you can barely walk upstairs because your quads hurt so bad, so on and so forth, you should probably take a rest day. So is it safe to train when you're super sore? Um, I, I would agree with you. I think that if you're deb- like, if you're just like ridiculously sore, like you can barely even move, then obviously you need to take a break. But I do think that there's a powerful piece to that, right? That I think there's like, there's power in stretching. There's power in movement. There's power in going on a walk. There's power in mobility. Do something because if you are just, if you're that sore and then you just sit on your ass all day, the next day you're still going to be sore and if you're not sore, you're going to be tight as fuck. So what I would suggest you do is actually do some mobility, do some stretching, go on a, a, like a power walk, get your body moving because what that's going to do is going to get oxygen and blood flow into the muscles and that is what's going to help heal. So I have a lot of clients like I don't even they, – they don't have a rest day. Like they have a quote-unquote rest day but it's an active recovery day. Like I encourage go on a walk outside, go on a hike, go play tennis, go do something light where you're not drained but you're moving because – we're humans. We're meant to move. So that's that would be my recommendation. Now, I also think that if, if you're that sore, like just like debilitating, like you can't do shit, you you need to do check a couple things. One, you need to check yourself on your training program. Are you going too hard? Right? Like are you recovering? Now, Jen, you follow my training programs because you're a client of mine. So I know you're not going too hard. So what I would say to you, if, if you're falling into this category – um, and it's funny because she hit me up. She was like, holy fucking hamstrings. <laughs> 
if anybody follows my training programs, they know that I'm a big posterior chain guy. Like we're going to work the traps. We're going to work the lats. We're going to work the glutes and we're going to work the hamstrings more than twice as much as anything on the front of your body. Because one health wise, it's better. Biggest muscles in your body. You're going to have a better physique. You're going to be more powerful. I'm a huge proponent of that. Um, and, and remember guys, I am launching a program very soon. So a little shameless plug there, like be on the lookout for my new training program that's coming out. Um, it is done. Everything is finished. It's just, I'm just waiting for the editor to put the final touches together, but I'm super pumped about this. So it's nine weeks of program design. It's, it's my philosophy. It's, it's a little bit of everything, right? And it's dope. And I have clients that I've ran through it as beta tests that have gotten crazy results, have built muscle, have gotten a lot of strength. Um, a lot of clients who have maintained a lot of muscle and actually gained strength during a fat loss phase. So I've had every type of client go through it. It's super, I'm super pumped about it. But anyway, I, I di- uh, digress. Back to the uh, super soreness. If you're that sore, you might need to, like for those out there that are listening, that if you're dying from soreness, you need to take, deload your training a little bit. Like don't go quite so hard because you're probably overdoing it. Um, in your case, Jen, I would look at nutrition and sleep. If you are not hydrating properly, if you're not getting adequate new, like calories, carbs, protein, um, or just nutrients in general that your body can absorb and utilize, you're not going to fully recover, period. Um, if you're not sleeping enough, not going to recover. So those are the biggest things. Now, if you're, if you're, if you know, like, you know that your calories are in a good place, you know, you're getting enough protein, you know, you're getting enough carbs, you know that you're sleeping eight hours a night and you're still that sore, then you're probably overtraining, plain and simple. More chia, please. Again, I'm pretty sure it's chia, not chai, but we're going to go with chia. More chia, please, from Instagram says, I get a strange puffy feeling in my legs quite often. They feel swollen almost. I wish I could go in depth with about how I train and all that, but it is due to is it due to lack of rest? Is it acid buildup, inflammation? To be honest with you, I really – I couldn't tell you. So – if, if you're doing – like here's the thing. is like when I do the sled, right, and I'm dragging the sled for 100 yards, like I get that puffy feeling in my legs too. But it's just lactic acid buildup that is just tearing me apart. But that's good, right? So lactic acid buildup would be temporary. So if you're training really, really high rep range, like you're doing shit that is like you're squatting or lunging or pulling sleds or anything for 30 seconds or more, it's a lot of reps. You're getting a lot of blood flow, a lot of oxygen into your quads, into your hamstrings, into your glutes, whatever. Um, and you get that that feeling and it's temporary and it starts to go away, that's probably just lactic acid, right? But if you're just like getting it frequently, like you – it's hard to expl- like say with this because you say I get a strange puffy feeling in my legs quite often. Like shit, if you're just – if you get off off the couch and your legs are puffy, like we need to look at your diet because some kind of in- inflammatory response is happening in your gut and it's causing you to get inflammation in your limbs. That is most likely an intolerance to food uh, more than anything. So I would look out for that. Now, if you're just getting it from training and you get it every single training session, look at your training. Are you doing just super high reps all the time? Like if you do five reps or less, do you get that feeling? Maybe it's different, right? So I don't think it's unhealthy if you're getting it from training. Maybe you're just getting extreme pumps, which I'm jealous if you are because that's the best feeling you can get. Um, But if it's inflammation, it's most likely a gut issue, which you would probably be surprised for. But if you're just randomly getting that like swollen feeling – then yeah, it's probably probably an intolerance, right? Like I, I've had a client recently who I completely we've we've gone into an elimination phase and we've completely restructured her diet and her inflammation across the body is has lowered so much, but it, it's all stemming from her gut health, right? Food intolerances come from the gut, and when we can fix that, like your your in, inflammation across the body will will help. Um, lack of rest, I doubt it, unless you're doing like again, you're doing 10, 12, 15 rep squats, you're taking 15 second break and you go back to it, yeah, you're going to get a pump, you're going to get some lactic acid, but 
Uh, if it's if you're talking about lack of rest between training sessions, probably not. Like I doubt you'd get a swollen, puffy feeling, um, and especially if it's only in your legs. She had another question. How long should I wait to increase calories again? I haven't seen any weight change at all, and I've been at an increase of 100 calories for about three weeks, and I'm at 2,000 calories a day. That is a loaded question, which is why I will get to the answer in just a sec because I went on and on about this one because reverse dieting is a whole other topic in itself. But I wanted to take a quick break to mention my sponsor, Health IQ. Health IQ is a insurance agency that is helping people like you and me who are health enthusiasts. So whether you are a bodybuilder, a crossfitter, a marathon runner, um, you practice a vegan diet or a paleo diet or you track your macros, whatever it is, they are helping you and I get a better deal on life insurance and I don't know about you but life insurance is pretty damn important because it helps us helps our family helps everybody for the rest of our lives and we got to keep everybody safe so I love that I teamed up with them because they're doing some very cool stuff and the coolest thing about them is and this is probably why they are the fastest growing life insurance agency in the entire country is because they take real data so they are taking science and studies and there's there's studies that show people who exercise or weight train or xyz percentage more likely to not suffer from heart disease diabetes uh early death so on and so forth they have the studies to back it up then they take the data that you can gather from your competitions your fitbit all these different things and they accumulate this together to give you a better rate it's insane that nobody thought of this beforehand or before them, but I'm super pumped that they did, and I'm super pumped that I'm getting helped from them, and I'm super pumped that I get to have them as a part of this podcast. So I highly recommend everybody to go get a free quote. It's completely free. See how expensive it is. See if you can afford it, and if you can, I highly suggest it because you want to keep your family safe. You can go get a free quote today at healthiq.com slash Boom boom. You can also just mention the promo code to boom boom at any to anybody you talk to on the phone. One last thing about Health IQ. I highly encourage everybody to go take that test. I'm gonna keep shouting this out on the podcast because I want, I'm daring you. I want somebody to try to beat me. Um, and I will warn you, do your studying. Two reasons. One, I'm pretty smart not to toot my own horn. But two, the test is actually pretty damn hard. I started taking it and I was like, wow, this is more difficult than I thought it was. I might go study and retake the test. I'm not going to lie, but um, I'm going to give you guys a couple weeks to go take the test and then shoot me your score because anybody who can beat me wins a free call with me. I want to get on the phone with you. I want to help you troubleshoot your nutrition, your training, your business, whatever it may be. I will help you and I will talk to you for 30 minutes on the phone for free if you can beat my score. It's very unlikely that anybody will get a call because let's be honest, who's going to beat my score? I don't know, but you should try. Go to healthiq.com slash boom boom. Now, without any further ado, let's get back to the show. So this one, again, it's hard to say because I don't have enough information. So I'm just going to try to break it down as best I can. Um, If you've been at an increase you said you've been at an increase of 100 calories for about three weeks now. Now, if you've increased 100 calories per week for three weeks, that's different than over the course of three weeks, you've slowly increased 100 calories. But either way, sorry, getting caught in my mouth. I've got to drink some of my LaCroix. I don't really know what this is. If you guys know what I'm talking about, it's like a sparkling. I don't fucking know. It's like a sparkling healthy water or some shit. It has barely any flavor in it. Anyway. 
I get sidetracked it very fucking easy, guys, if you can't tell. But if you've been increasing calories and your weight isn't changing, my advice to you would be continue to increase those calories until you gain weight. Like that's how reverse dieting works in a nutshell. Like obviously every single person we're going to increase a different amount. A different percentage of their calories per week. We're going to take different approaches. We're going to add refeeds, take away refeeds, um, just increase daily calories. There's so many different approaches and it really depends on the individual, what their diet history is like, what their hormonal profile is like, their training, sleep, stress, everything. There's so many things that play a role. But the goal is to increase your calories as much as possible until you start to gain weight. And then you stop, right? So if you're adding 100 calories, add 100 calories, add 100 calories. Let's say that you don't gain any weight and you're at 2,000 calories right now. You're not gaining weight and you're continuing to add. And you keep adding until you hit 3,000 calories and you start to finally gain weight. So maybe you gain a couple pounds when you do that. You you gain, you gain bring it up to 3,000 calories. After a couple weeks, you gain a pound or two. What can you do now? Well, pretty simple. Bring it down to 2,800 you start maintaining. Well, cool. Now we found your maintenance. And on top of that, we're increasing your metabolic rate. We're increasing your um, all your hormone outputs. Your thyroid, your adrenals are going to be healthier. Your cortisol is going to be at a better place. If you're a guy, your testosterone is going to be better, right? Estrogen level is going to be better. Performance is going to be better. Recovery is going to be better. Mood is going to be better. Like more calories is always better if you can afford to do it without gaining weight. So what I would say is keep going until you can get to your highest point without gaining weight. And once you pass that point and you notice a little bit of weight gain, you can just pull back a little bit, pull back a little bit until you start maintaining because would you rather stop now because you're, you're wondering and you're worried and you can keep your weight at 2,000 calories or you can push that as far as you can and end up getting an extra five, six, seven, eight hundred, even maybe 1,000 calories more if you do it right, right? So you can add 100 calories until you get to that point. Um, so I, I guess – how long should I wait to increase calories again? Like the rate at what you add calories in, it's typically every week or other week. Now, I've had clients where I want to increase them, but I don't increase them again for three full weeks for a couple of reasons. One, if this is mentally getting to you to the point where like you're worried, you're nervous, you, the scale is just fucking with your head, then we might wait a little bit longer. We might wait until that starts to slow down or you start to calm down a little bit or get a better grip around what reverse dieting is really all about and why this is so healthy for you before I add more calories. Um, some people, I don't do that and I just have to talk to them and be like, hey, like you have to put up with it because we need to get you to a healthy place. Like Just trust me, just trust me, just trust me. Um, and then some people all wait because they're inaccurate with their calories, right? Like if you're tracking your macros and I'm like, hey, I want to make another bump in your macros, how accurate or close were you to hitting your macros each day? And you're like, honestly, I wasn't very close at all. I was under eating on most days. I overate one day. I was way off on protein this day. Well, I'm not going to add calories or continue to reverse diet you because I'm going off of unrealistic metrics, right? You're not even hitting what I already provided for you. Um, and then there's also the people who um, are undershooting what I gave them because they're, they're nervous about adding calories and they're still falling short. And I will purposely add even more calories because I know they're going to fall short from that, but it's going to be at a better place, right? So when you should increase calories again, it, it really depends on the individual. But again, in a nutshell or just in the simplest way I can possibly put it, you should add calories every time your weight stabilizes um, or you drop weight. So if you weigh – you don't tell me how much you weigh in here, but let's say you weigh 200 pounds. This is an easy one, 200 pounds for easy math, and you add 100 calories and you go up to 201. Well, in a week, you drop back down to 200, add another 100 calories. You bump up to 201, 202, wait for that to go back down between 200 and 201, 
add some more calories, right? So every time your weight stabilizes, whether that takes one or two weeks, maybe even three, you can just bring those calories up a little bit again. We want to work with your metabolism. Um, you can even add 50 calories if, you're, if your weight didn't drop back down, but you know like from a health perspective, you need to do this. You need to increase your calories, and it doesn't matter if you end up gaining five pounds through the process. Then maybe you add 50 calories just to make it a little bit slower on you. So there's a lot of ways to do it, but typically like if I were to write a book, I would say – what, as your weight stabilizes, you can add calories. Or for those hyper responders, if your weight drops, you can add calories. So if I add calories to your day and your weight actually drops a little bit, you lose a little bit of weight, I'm going to add calories again. And I'm going to try to bring it back up to maintenance um, because the point of a reverse diet typically isn't to lose weight, obviously. It's to regain metabolic function um, and hormonal function. So I hope that answers your question. Sean the Dawn. That makes me think of Sean of the Dead. Shaun the Don, have you ever seen Shaun of the Dead? If you haven't, go watch that movie. I think it's a British movie. I think I've watched that with my brother like eight times. It is a classic. It's a great movie. Those guys make funny movies. So Shaun the Don is uh, is a good guy. I actually know this guy personally from the uh, CrossFit gym that I was working out of, Imperial. Shout out to Imperial. If anybody is in the Washington area and you want a great place to train, that's the place. That's my favorite CrossFit gym around. Um, love those guys. Ryan Reese, the owner, is a great friend of mine. Sean the Don, I haven't been around lately because we moved down to Fife. I'm just going to let you know because as soon as I saw your question, I felt kind of bad, man. Haven't seen you in a while. Haven't seen the guys at the gym in a while, so I will be popping around as soon as I can, but let them know. It's been a minute because I have been moving and I've, I'm fucking deep. <laughs> I'm not as close to you guys as I once was. So, His question is a great question. How to stay consistent on the weekends, family, friend, get-togethers, and any time you are out of your normal routine. Basically, how to quit self-sabotaging on weekends and spend the week in repair mode. So basically what he's saying is like – and I know people are going to relate to this because this was me. I lived in this mode. Monday through Friday, you crush it. You hit your macros. You're training. You're killing it. Friday night, you might slip up with a little dinner. Saturday, you go out with the boys to drink some beer. Sunday, you say fuck it because you're tired and hungover, so you eat just whatever. You end up slapping a bunch of bacon on some pancakes, and you you fuck up your diet. You don't even track. Monday, you feel like shit, and you're in recovery mode. So Monday through Friday, you're not even making progress anymore because, like he said, you're in repair mode. So every week, I'm trying to recover what I did Saturday, Sunday. So there's a couple ways we can do this, right? One mode that I have, one thing that I have done with clients who do track macros that works really well is I make Saturday, Sunday their refeed days. So we will actually have lower macros, either at maintenance or below maintenance, um, depending on their goals, like a decent deficit Monday through Friday. So they're on point, they're eating whole foods, so they stay satiated even though they're eating lower calories, and they crush it. They hit their training, they're, they're cutting fat, everything. They're getting a little bit more progress than I would typically recommend because we are in a lower deficit. Now, Saturday, Sunday, we give them refeed days. Now, I tell them in an ideal world, your refeed day calories are hit by consuming more starchy carbohydrates. That is what's going to replenish glycogen. That's what's going to help recover more. That's what's going to be a protein-sparing nutrient. That's what's going to stimulate your thyroid and your metabolism most. So like in a perfect world, like, hey, I'm not telling you you should go drink and eat a bunch of shitty food at Cheesecake Factory for the weekend on your refeed days. But these are higher calorie days on Saturday, Sunday because you typically eat a bunch of bullshit, drink a bunch of beer, and eat shitty things at Cheesecake Factory. 
plain and simple. And it works really well because at the end of the day, their weekly caloric intake is exactly where I would have put it if I were to take a slower and more sustainable approach. So their body doesn't adapt to a crazy deficit because every Saturday, Sunday, they have more calories, but it all fits within their their regime. So some people, I look at this from a weekly standpoint and I adjust accordingly. Um, another tactic, one that I use, because I don't personally do that um, because honestly, I just eat healthy and not to like to my own horn. I just don't eat shitty. Like I prefer to eat clean food. I do not feel good. Like I, I think that once people cut out shit for long enough, they begin to understand what it feels like to have a body that's functioning really well. And when I go out and eat shitty food, I just do not feel well, man. That's I haven't had pizza. You guys are going to blow your mind. I haven't had pizza in legitimately four years. Four fucking years. I remember the day because it was my birthday. And it tasted great, but the next day I hated it, right? That's just me because I'm just it, – it just doesn't taste – actually, fuck. I lie. I'm full of shit. I ate pizza last year, but it was homemade, gluten-free, organic meat. Like it was – it didn't make me feel that shitty. I just had a carb coma afterwards. Um, but the point is, is I don't like going out and eating like that because I feel like shit. So for me, I don't do that. Um, for me, I intermittent fast because for me, I like wine, right? I like high calorie meals, but it's not shitty food. So like, um, oh yeah, you guys are going to love this. So I've been getting into cooking a little bit lately as, as Shannon's pregnancy goes along, she's not feeling too hot and the baby's near. I know I need to be able to cook for her. I know I need to be able to cook for the baby and I want to learn how to cook. That was one of my, my goals this year. So, um, now I still do steak quite a bit. But the other night I I, I got some nice ass T-bone steaks which are super fatty. They are no, sorry, it wasn't T-bone. I think it was in New York. It was a super fatty steak. So it was high calorie, right? We had steak sauce with it. Again, high calorie. I had like four glasses of wine, super high calorie. Um and then I made uh so I did like a different like sweet potato, squash, uh carrot, like a big roast of veggies which had oils and seasonings and stuff. So again, high calories, all healthy but high calories. Um and then I made an appetizer that was like it was parmesan, no. Yeah, parmesan butter grilled zucchini strips. So I grilled them on the uh grill with like uh this like butter sauce that I made. So again, healthy. It was grass-fed Kerrygold butter, but Super high calories. So my point with this is simple. I don't eat like shit, but I still eat way too much on the weekends because I like spending time with her. So what I do is I, I usually eat breakfast at 6, 37 a.m. So I skip that. I do a little bit of intermittent fasting on the weekends. I, I skip breakfast. I eat light for my breakfast. Go work out. I eat a light like super shake afterwards or whatever, and we just kick it. We go do stuff. Saturday, I pretty much consume like 700 calories for the day, and then by the time dinner hits, I have – plenty of calories, like multiple thousands of calories to play with and I can have a big meal. So my recommendation for you would be one of those two things. Let's alter your macros so you can have more freedom on the weekends um, and just be held accountable of that because when you're held accountable of actually hitting your macros, that's when it actually works. So if you just tweak your macros on the weekend, you're like, I'm going to do this. It's it's not likely going to happen. And you obviously got to have the math right. You got to be able to dial your macros in accordingly to how you should be eating and for the gym because I know you train hard at uh, in a CrossFit realm. Um, or you can intermittent fast, which I highly condone. Um, there's a lot of benefits from a digestive standpoint there. So since you are going to be eating out and most family friend gatherings or get togethers or anything out of your normal routine is typically in the evening socially. Um, it's perfect. Intermittent fast, save yourself some calories, do your thing in the evening and and you'll be fine. I've seen this work with tons of people, but like the overarching theme of what I'm talking about here is structure. It's routine. 
It's a plan. It's it's knowing exactly what that looks like, right? So if you go into it having no idea and you just bring up the idea of intermittent fasting, are you really going to do it? Are you calculating your calories? Are you on top of what it's going to look like, right? If you have a plan and a structure and a routine around it, then that shit will happen. I can guarantee you that. So my suggestion to you is have a plan, have a structure, and have accountability. All right. Gwenin underscore mayor. M-A-I-R from Instagram says, I'm sure I heard you mention in a previous podcast that constantly bulking, then cutting, is not the best approach to have when trying to change body composition. Is this correct? If not, why is this? And what would be the best approach? So in my opinion and from my experience, I think, quote unquote, lean bulking um, is is not the best approach. Um, I'm sorry. Lean bulking is the best approach. <laughs> I got distracted because fucking Theo just sent me a weasel attacking a fucking rabbit. <laughs> I literally, I was trying to talk and I look up in the corner and this notification popped up and he sent me a video. And he said it's a weasel killing a rabbit. If you guys know Theo, he likes animals quite a bit. I think we're actually going to go to the zoo this weekend uh, while uh, Steph and Shannon are hanging out at Shannon's baby shower. Anyway. Um, I think the best approach is lean bulking because you're not going to add fat. So here, here's the deal. Like if you're doing a bulking and cutting, you're, you're consistently adding body fat, excess body fat to your body. Now, yes, you can do that. And yes, if you're in a surplus and you have a little bit of body fat, it's easier to lift heavy because you're eating more calories. You have more energy to use. You have uh, more energy that can go down, uh, that be, can be transferred into muscle, like built into muscle. You have more joint um, lubrication because you have body fat. So lifting is a little bit safer, a little bit easier on the joints, so on and so forth. So you can actually absolutely bulk, but the problem with that is you're going to gain some fat. Most people, I would say 95% of the people who want to build muscle also want to see that muscle. They don't want to be the Michelin man, a big puffball um, in their wife beater because they ate too much while they were quote unquote bulking. Then they have to go into a cut. And when you go into a cut, you're going to have to strip half, if not more of that muscle you built while trying to cut the body fat because muscle will easily strip off your body when you're doing tons of cardio, tons of uh, a big caloric deficit, um, which is what you have to do if you're that overweight and you want to quickly cut. Like the, the cutting and bulking cycle is like a big bulk and then a quick cut. Like That's what it is. It's not healthy for your insulin sensitivity. It's not healthy for your blood sugar. Um, it's not healthy to add and remove body fat from your body that often, that frequently, um, or in high quantities. So we got to remember as well that there's certain types of fat cells that have, I guess you could say, more memory, right? Every time you add more excess body fat to your body, especially in specific areas like the low belly, which a lot of people have tr- trouble with, um, and for women, other places as well, like the triceps or the hips. Every time you add that excess body weight, that excess fat, you are making it more and more difficult because those fat cells have quote-unquote memory and they will stick there and they will be harder and harder to remove every time you go through that cycle. It's not a smart approach. Um, Now, you might be asking, well, what about like veteran bodybuilders, like natural bodybuilders who get shredded and they actually get drier and leaner as their career goes on. So we'll see a lot of 40 to 50-year-old bodybuilders who are shredded. Look at them in the off-season. They're not puffy. There's a, I've heard many, many, I, I know many personally, professional bodybuilders who have rules around this that you can't remove your abs in the offseason. Like that's a rule. If I can see my abs in the offseason, I'm okay. And they do mini cuts. They make sure that they don't get too fat because the purpose is you do not want to sacrifice health and you do not want to add 
um, stubborn body fat to your body, and that's exactly how you can do it is, is by going through the cutting and, and bulking phases. So what I suggest to people is lean bulking, right? I've talked about this in depth uh, on one of my podcasts uh, recently, so I would go back and check that one out. But I talk about specific amount of calories that you should be consuming if you're on a bulk. Um, in fact, you can check out my ebook. So again, that ebook link is in the show notes. It's $19.99, so it's super cheap. Um, but it talks about this exact topic. Like, how long have you been training? Okay, this is how many calories you should be in the surplus. How long, like, if you've been training a long time, you only need to be up 50 to 100 calories in a surplus. That way, you're gaining minimal body fat. And you're adding muscle. And that muscle is going to come on very slow. But at the end of the day, it's it's staying there for good. And that's the most important thing. So my recommendation is to, to go very slow. Now, if you – to completely change your body composition, you do need to go in phases. So as we know, it's almost damn near impossible to – add muscle and burn body fat. And and the only times I've ever seen that happen is for somebody who is a brand new beginner, um, somebody who is extremely obese and is losing fat, they will build muscle in the process as well. But you won't really see that muscle get bigger because it's hidden under fat that they're removing. Um, And then certain people, um, depending on the hormonal situation, who go into a reverse diet can sometimes see this because they've been doing shit wrong for so long. We get them on a good training program. We begin to do a reverse diet. They're a hyper responder. Their hormones are optimized. They build muscle while burning some body fat and they stay around the same way. And I've seen that a couple times. But in most cases, that's impossible. So the best approach is to take a very, very slow gaining phase. Take the winner to just add a little bit. This is exactly what I'm doing right now. Um, We're going through a little bit of a reverse diet and I'm adding a little bit of calories, right? I'm not getting leaner. And as hard as it is for me to look in the mirror and not see shredded abs, I can still see some abs. And that's all I need to care about right now because I'm healthy. I feel great and I'm getting more food. So my gym performance is going through the roof and I'm building muscle. My goal will be to build muscle at a slow rate so it's sustainable muscle. Then when it gets closer to summer, then I can cut a little bit. And again, it's a little bit. I just take a little bit of a deficit and, I, and I'm and i slow with it and I will chisel down. Um, so that's a very slow approach. So rather than going through cuts and bulks, cuts and bulks all year, you do one bulk and one cut and it's a very, very, very slow process on both ends because that's what's sustainable. All right. Next question. From my man, Deskis Strength, Mitchell. Super pumped about this. Uh, Deskis just came on. Mitchell Deskis just came on to the Boom Boom Performance team. To uh, He's a power lifter. He's going to be performing in the Arnold, and we're going to fucking crush it. I'm super excited for you to get in there, brother, and, uh, and, and crush some weight. So we are like – and this is funny because he, he sent in this question. What's the best supplement as far as recovery goes if you are a competitive athlete? And correct me if I'm wrong, Mitchell, but I think you sent this in right before you checked your email because I just got done sending you your nutrition prescription and exactly what supplements I wanted you taking, which was funny. Uh, but the best supplement as far as recovery goes if you are a competitive athlete, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think there's any – I don't think like I'm not going to say, oh, BCAs or whey protein because it's faster absorbing protein molecules like it doesn't come down to any of that. Honestly, the best supplement is sleep and supplement is just something you can add into your training, add into your nutrition that will help you optimize your results. So the best supplement by far for recovery is going to be more sleep. Not enough people get sleep and, and I know you personally, you're an entrepreneur, man. So you you train hard, you train a lot and you are running a business. So for you, man, dude, get eight hours of sleep a night, non-negotiable. Like 
turn the shit off, go to bed earlier. And, and I can't tell you how much that's been a game changer for me. I record how many hours of sleep I get every single night and I get seven. So there's very, the weekends I'll get eight. Um, and if, if Shannon's having a rough night, we may not get seven, but I'm out seven nights, uh, seven hours a night. And I can't tell you how much of a game changer that was for me because I used to go to bed late, wake up super early at 5am like I do for my routine. And I was getting four or five hours, man, like every single night. Changing that changed everything because my productivity time was less, but it was way more productive. I was twice, if not 10x more productive during that hour than I would have been before. So even though I was spending less time doing the work, my work was getting – more of my work was getting done, I should say. Um, So sleep is going to be your number one. Nutrition consistently is something that I told you in the email as well. A lot of people try to dial in macros, they try to dial in their nutrition, and they're, they're finicky with it. They're on and off, on and off, and they're never consistently hitting those numbers on a daily basis. That is what is going to lead to way better results in recovery because your body wants to get used to a fuel source, a, a amount of that fuel source as well. So I see a lot of people who are adjusting their macros on a daily basis or they're robbing Peter to pay Paul, which pretty much means like, oh, today I was over 500 calories, so I'm going to take 500 out tomorrow, and then I'm going to adjust the next day for this or I didn't track on Friday and Saturday and like your body wants to get used to consuming the same amount of food like that's how it adapts right so when we're on a cut that's not always the best thing because as your body adapts then obviously we have to adjust calories but that's why having a good coach to adjust along the way things other than just calories helps your body not adapt so fast but that's a different story my point with this is that if you have a good fuel source so we're not we're talking about performance so we're not talking about fat loss here Um, my performance athletes, uh, who I do nutrition for, I make sure that they're pretty meticulous with their nutrition, right? Like I I don't really hammer on being exact with macros on most people, but for them I do because it's a fuel source. And for example, if you're consuming 300 grams of carbs a day, um, which is, is not a a ton for a performance athlete at all, but it's just a number that came into my head. Um, so you're, you're consuming 300 uh, carbs a day. Well, your body wants to get used to that 300 carbs so it can utilize that carbs, right? Not 300 one day, 400 one day, 100 one day, 250 one day. Like hit your fucking macros, let your body get used to the amount of fuel that it's taking in and utilize that fuel because it will get better and better at absorbing, digesting, and utilizing the fuel you give it. Same with the types of foods. Like variety is really key, but I'm a big believer at finding your starches, right? Like finding your proteins. Like what proteins digest with your body well? What starches digest with your body well? Perfect. Those are your performance and your recovery foods. Pick the proteins that digest and don't upset your body the the best because they're going to get utilized and absorbed as protein for the tissue much better. What carbs sit in your stomach best? Cool. Perfect. That means it's going to digest, absorb, and get utilized as fuel much better for your performance and training. Um, Now, for for fats, I believe switching it up constantly is good because of hormonal reasons and because most fats digest very similarly in most people's bodies. It's usually protein and carbs that certain people have certain um, intolerances or issues digesting with. Um, And then veggies, fruits, all that stuff, same thing. Variety is key. Variety is key. That's going to give way more diverse uh, bacteria in your gut, fiber in your gut, so on and so forth. But proteins and starches man switch it up find out what works for you and stick to those goddamn numbers that's the best things ever now because i've ranted on a couple things that are not supplements that i was saying is the best supplement as far as recovery goes um when it does come to supplements for for uh performance athletes 
I think that just pure cyclic dextrin, right? Just powdered carbs is going to be your best bet because, and it really like, so for example, I'm just going to kind of break down why I have him doing it. So I have a cross, like a high level CrossFit athlete doing it because she is depleting glycogen like crazy. So all my CrossFit athletes, I'm like, Hey, you need to replenish ASAP because you're replenishing glycogen and, um, you're not eating for three hours post-training. So I do want you to replenish glycogen. I do want you to replenish your, uh, like recover with muscles because we put BCAs or protein powder in that shake, but also because hormonally you're crushing yourself in that gym because everything is so high intense. Uh, well, a power lifter, He's not really depleting much glycogen. It's low rep training. It's not a lot of a high rep glycolytic training. So why am I having him have a carb shake? Well, it's because of that same hormonal thing I just talked about. Well, powerlifting, low rep training is super demanding on the central nervous system, which means it's going to be very draining, very fatiguing on the nervous system. And hormonally, we want to kind of blunt and shut all that, that cortisol response from training and balance you out afterwards so your stress levels aren't too high so you can recover. So it has way less to do with the glycolytic side of things for him and way more to do with the cortisol response and way more to do with the hormonal and the nervous system response of his training. So the best supplement as far as recovery goes would honestly be in my mind be that post-workout carbon protein shake because that's going to help blunt the cortisol response, balance you back out, and improve stress so you can recover better. Um, Other than that, there's no like recovery supplement, right? Like, I mean, magnesium is a great vitamin to take at night. It'll help you sleep. Uh, Vitamin C and magnesium together are great, and it'll help your recovery. So that's another good one. Uh, But other than that, man, like I'm a big fan of cyclic dextrin for competitive athletes. All right, the last one we're going to cover is wise underscore weights from Instagram. She said, Cody, I humbly thank you for putting yourself out there for all of us on IG and podcast land. I've only been following you for a short time in comparison to others, and I've already learned so much. I also know how hard it is to juggle social media, a business, and life. So congrats to you on an awesome job. Here's what I need to learn about. Basic eating. All I hear is eating this, not that, eating more, eating less, macros, micros, the whole Diet, food, haven't touched in years, garbage. I don't know what that part meant. Go vegan, eat meat, stay away from red meat. I mean, what the fuck am I really supposed to do? Also, she wanted to share. Okay, so the rest of it is kind of just talking to me. So the reason I want to share this is for a couple reasons. One, I want to give her a shout out because she shouted me out. And I've been getting a lot of feedback lately of people just hitting me up and just being like, man, I love the podcast. I love your content. I really appreciate the work you do. And I just wanted to put it out there because it's positive energy, man. And, and, and that stuff really means the world to me. So if you're listening to this and you agree and you've sent me a message and you've sent me an email that says that I'm helping you change – Thank you for sending me that because even if I didn't get a chance to respond because I do get a lot of emails and messages, it means the world to me and it's why I do this. So there's a lot of people who do send me messages and emails and stuff thanking me and it fuels me. It just makes me so happy. It makes me so excited. It makes me so grateful, so blessed that I am able to do what I do in order to provide so much information for so many people and for coaching individuals because I do have a lot of clients who listen to this as well and I love coaching them more than anything in my life. Like that is my my passion. The other reason I wanted to talk or bring this this question in was just because she's frustrated with all the bullshit out in the media which is something i really try to to be a proponent of here is is kind of slaying that stuff right like putting an end to it um and and although we can't do 
we can't save the world from everything. I am here to let you guys know a lot about the myths, a lot about what's bullshit, what's not. So I, I did like that question because I feel her frustration. And at the end of the day, I just wanted to leave it with one simple statement like or theory or concept or idea. If it has a name to it, don't follow it. And that might be an exaggeration, but it's very true in most cases. Um, paleo this, gluten-free this, keto this, right? Like intermittent fasting. Okay, like that That one's kind of – that one falls on the other edge because I do like intermittent fasting quite a bit. Uh, paleo is very specific to very specific people. Keto should not be something that training individuals do in my opinion. It should be for sedentary individuals with diseases who are trying to get rid of diseases, not necessarily even prevent. Uh, but I won't go down that rabbit hole. My point is, is if it has a specific name like the Mediterranean or the Caribbean something or all this bullshit – don't buy into the hype. Nothing is bad inherently, right? Everything is good or bad to the individual we are talking about because gluten is horrible for some people like with celiac. But for me, it's totally fine. I eat gluten every fucking day. It doesn't matter, right? Certain things affect certain people. That's the same way with training, same way with diet, same way with everything in life. There is never one singular way. It always depends. There's always variety and there's always individualism. And that's why I wanted to bring this up. Like meat's not bad. Veganism's not bad. Like take a little bit of everything that you just put in that message, put it together, find something that you can adhere to for a long period of time and stick to that. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I just want to say real quick, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all of those who have been leaving me five-star ratings and reviews. I truly, truly do appreciate it, and it actually does make a difference. It allows me to grow this into what I'm trying to build, which is a mega podcast, and I'm trying to take over. So thank you guys so much for doing that. I appreciate it, and if you have not left me a five-star rating and review, I would really appreciate it. Last but not least, guys, if you want your questions answered on next week's show, make sure you are following me on Instagram at Cody.BoomBoom. You can also reach me at info at BoomBoomPerformance.com if you are interested in coaching, um, you have inquiries about the podcast, you want to get me featured on your podcast, so on and so forth. And last but not least, you can get all of this as well in the forum. So check out the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum, which there is a link to in the show notes. I will talk to you guys next time.